Hello, everybody. One day away. The election is tomorrow. This is Armageddon for many people. <laughs> Probably the way it's turning out, not the people you think. They won't be Armageddon for them. It's going to be Armageddon for the left. Uh, all of the polls right now have been tightening. Um, all of the studies into the way that polls tighten before an election over the last four years, this is 2016 and 2018 both, indicate that uh, as many as 10%, there could be as, as much of a ten, as a uh, 10% swing um, in just the voters who are not answering honestly to pollsters. So if you have an extra 10% that is either saying, I'm voting for Biden and lying, or just uh, uh, hanging up and not answering the question, or saying undecided, for that matter, then uh, you're going to see a huge Trump margin in a lot of these states that are currently uh, very, um, well, hotly contested. Let's put it that way. I do want to go through some of the numbers right now, because I think, for posterity's sake, this is going to be fascinating to watch. Um, so we can go through some different states. I'm actually going to go through uh, predictit.org is essentially a gambling website, but it allows its users to trade um, basically shares in certain things happening or not. So it's broken down things by state. And you can see the way that they... Um, break down basically who's going to win in some of these key states. So let's look at this. Which party will win in Florida? Right now, trending up is Republican. 61 cents for every dollar, 43 cents Democratic. Now this is slightly over a dollar because uh, the, the, the total, if you're doing the math, uh, because this website, Predict It, takes a cut of whatever money you basically cash out. So I think it's, you know, 3 to 5%, something like that. So the numbers aren't going to add up exactly to 100. So you factor that in, sub, you know, subtract a percentage or two. Um, also, these polls are based on, uh, these these figures, I should say, on predictit.org are based on the market that is betting, uh, which is heavily influenced by polls. And right now, Joe Biden leads in almost every poll, with the exception of maybe, you know, um, of the swing states, maybe Iowa. Uh, but even then, a lot of polls have Joe Biden in front. Uh, what has changed recently? Well, well, according to Predict It, North Carolina is going to go to Trump. It's currently up, Republicans up 54 to 51 in the odds there. In Texas, which for a while looked like it would be uh, a more even split, Republicans had, have taken a pretty big lead. It's now 73 to 31 on predicted. So Republicans heavily favored now in Texas. Pennsylvania, this is the state that a lot of people are saying are is, is going to essentially predict the, the outcome of this election. And I want to talk about Pennsylvania more because today, Donald Trump is in Scranton, Joe Biden's hometown. 
how much more poetic can you be to have a close race coming down to literally the final day and Donald Trump is having a enormous rally. I mean, there's going to be, you know, 20,000 people, 30,000 people here. There was one a few days ago that was 57,000 people. And Donald Trump is going to Joe Biden's hometown, a town that, you know, fracking has become the the big issue in some of these uh, uh, final days, and that's because Joe Biden said he was going to ban it. And he's kind of clarified and said, well, just ban it on federal land, but then he's come out with other things since and uh, never, you know, answered questions meant to clarify that. Um, I don't even know that he's been asked, to be honest. We don't see much of him except for him him trotting out for speeches. But... uh, it is very revealing to see Joe Biden coming out, now aided by Barack Obama, being introduced by Barack Obama, who, you know, Barack Obama is a fantastic politician. He's energetic. He's charismatic. Uh, he's he's uh, uh, eloquent. Um, he's a great speaker, great communicator, and uh, just in, in many ways a very likable person aside from whether or not you agree with his politics. And it's amazing because Barack Obama will come out and do an hour-long speech, like he did in uh, Ohio, I believe, yesterday. And there's 200 people there, compared to thousands, tens of thousands, for these Trump rallies. So there is... Now, that doesn't mean anything in terms of polling, because it's a different type of event. You know, Trump is putting on... A show he's putting on. This is a this is a, a a cultural event versus the other, which is still kind of you know a traditional political rally. But you would expect there to be more than two hundred people. Who knows? You know, COVID's going on, so this is it, it can all be skewed. But what happens is Barack Obama gets up there. He speaks for close to an hour and introduces Joe Biden. And the the odd thing happening both with Joe Biden and with Kamala Harris is they keep missing their cues. They're introduced by somebody, and then a minute will pass with this music. And it's it's very puzzling because someone will be like, here he is, Joe Biden, the next president of the United States. You know, and then the music will start playing. And then no Joe Biden. And it was funny because Barack Obama actually said... Here he is, Joe Biden, <laughs> three times in a row, um, separated by about 15 seconds, 10, 15 seconds each time, as if Joe Biden hadn't heard it. And uh, and this was going around social media uh, yesterday. And um, it's, uh, and, and of course, you know, in this case in Ohio yesterday, Joe Biden eventually comes out here and gives the lowest energy speech you've ever heard, which is really apparent after Barack Obama, because he's up there, you know, doing his 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 charismatic, uh, you know, loud talking, shouting, shouting, you know, in the face of fate, <laughs> kind of, you know, inspirational thing. And uh, Joe Biden comes out and uh, he um, he has been butchering all kinds of things. It was just amazing. Uh, he had uh, one in Florida, where he comes out, he's extremely, just I mean, weary, and he comes out. He says, 
Hey, great to be here, Minnesota. <laughs> it's like, wait, Joe, you're in 85-degree Florida weather. Uh, he doesn't clarify it. Um, and in Philadelphia, of course, uh, where he, or, or I should say Pennsylvania, he comes out with, you know, and of course, he's, he's, uh, he's from Pennsylvania. He's from Scranton, which no one will let us forget. He's from Scranton. He's, he's one of the people from Scranton. And he comes out wearing a jacket that has a sports emblem on it. It's the uh, University of Delaware Blue Hens. Not the greatest mascot, in my opinion, but that is the mascot of the University of Delaware, the Blue Hens. And Joe Biden comes out and says, oh, I'm wearing my Philadelphia Eagles shirt today. You know, and he gets a few a few applauses from people that are far enough back to see that it's a blue embroidered logo of some other sports team, not the green Philadelphia Eagles NFL team. So this, and in that case, I don't even think Joe Biden knew, I don't even know if that was a gaffe of any sort, or if that was just him literally not knowing the difference and just, you know, trying to pander with a sports team that he, he doesn't know anything about. I don't blame him. I don't think loving sports should be the measure of a politician, but I also don't think you should use that to try to pander if you have no clue what you're doing. So it does reveal him being very comfortable in in pandering the same way that every politician is accused of. You know, Donald Trump will hold up a Bible and people will say, how dare he pander to Christians? And it's like, yeah, we know. He's not, you know, the guy is not a Christian. Um, but you know what? Most Christians like Trump, and the reason is he's the only guy that's fighting for them. So that's the issue. And everyone who hates Christians wants to crush Trump. So you can see how those battle lines are drawn. They're not drawn by Trump. They're drawn by everyone else. And Trump is just kind of filling that, that space right now as the kind of opposition leader. And he is. He is an opposition leader. So... Pennsylvania, big state, uh, Donald Trump is speaking there in Scranton to a massive crowd, and uh, the strategy here is to try to win over as many undecideds, and, you know, the, the pollsters call them leaners, people leaning in one direction or the other, and there is evidence now that's coming in um, from... Uh, Rich Barris, uh, uh, known as People's Pundit, you can, fi- you can find on um, uh, Twitter, who is gathering data based on um, a lot of criteria that most major polls are not. And just to explain this a little bit, most polls will go to, you know, sample a few voters from different counties and then kind of, you know, crunch the numbers based on that and uh, estimate how many people they expect to be voting for, you know, said candidate based on the people they've polled in each county. Well, this is broken down uh, by uh, Rich Barris in a few other ways, and specifically I think Wisconsin is a state that we should all be paying attention to because, you know, there there's the very liberal uh, Milwaukee and uh, Madison uh, and Lansing, Wisconsin. Sorry, Lansing's Michigan. Uh, uh, Milwaukee, 
um, what am I thinking of? Oh, um, the, the, the big area that we're talking about now because of what happened there not too long ago is Kenosha. That's a big measuring stick for the way a lot of these kind of middle population cities that are a little bit more suburbs are going to respond because that is what makes up most of Wisconsin. So even if Madison and Milwaukee go Democrat, the rest of the state, if it's voting for Donald Trump, is going to make up that, that, uh, that lead pretty quickly. So what you have is most pollsters are taking, you know, small samples of different counties. What uh, Rich Barris at People's Pundit is doing is gathering data by community level and then applying that to uh, different demographic and population numbers. So, for example, one of the unique things about Wisconsin is there is a large group of European, you know, formerly European settlers that came over that kind of made their home in Wisconsin. And this is true in a lot of the the Midwest, but um, Wisconsin, one of these states, so is Michigan, so is Minnesota. There are areas that have heavy, you know, German populations, Dutch populations, Polish populations, Danish populations, uh, uh, Irish populations. And they tend to vote in clusters, so you will see, I mean, there's a pretty good split either way. I mean, there's there's very few examples where it's 70-30, you know, that extreme. But there's a lot of 60-40. There's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, split like that among groups. And if you start to sample within those groups, you start to see a lot of unrepresented groups in the polls coming out in favor of Trump. And, you know, typically... English, the, you know, English people um, from English heritage that live in Wisconsin will vote for Hillary Clinton. They tend to also participate in polls versus Germans and Dutch who tend to support Donald Trump and tend also to not participate in polls. So if you start to factor in those communities and you know extrapolate based on the percentages of within that community and then you know build that out to the actual uh, population and how often they're voting and again that's the big thing really is how many of these people are actually going to go out and vote so there's multiple factors here but what people's pundit is finding is that Trump may be a favorite to win Wisconsin which is you know expected to go democrat and if you look at uh, predict it right now, Wisconsin is projected 71% to go Democrat, Republicans at 32 cents. And the way this works on predict it, if you haven't figured this out by now, is you know if I think a Republican is going to win Wisconsin, I can spend 32 cents and get one share. And then if a Republican does, in fact, win Wisconsin, I get one full dollar out of that. That's basically how it works. So I can my my maximum amount that that 32 cents can turn into is one dollar. Um, so obviously if you're buying hundreds or thousands of shares, that could be a lot of money. but it it essentially reflects the public expectation, at least those that are actually putting money into the market betting on this. Now, in Wisconsin Democrats are favored uh, 71 to 31. 
But in Michigan, neighboring Michigan, Democrats are favored by a little bit less. So if Trump ended up winning Wisconsin, it's not unfeasible that he would also win Michigan. 70 to 33 right now, instead of 71 to 32. These numbers are, are changing by a cent or two in real time. So if the numbers don't match up, that's why. So Michigan is, is slightly more likely. It's 1% more likely for a Republican to win. Um, Arizona. Democrats are favored in Arizona right now, 56 to 50. So slight advantage there. Again, this doesn't add up to one. It adds up to a little over that because the way this website works. But this does reflect the opinion on what's going on there. Um, I I already mentioned uh, Philadelphia, uh, uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, Philadelphia is likely the only, you know, typically cities go blue. Philadelphia is going to go blue almost, almost for sure. It would be shocking if it didn't, although they have a lot of rioting going on still. Um, So that is fresh on people's minds. But Philadelphia is going to go blue. The rest of the state is expected to go to pretty much go red. Um, Pittsburgh, the uh, the big newspaper in Pittsburgh that's based in Pittsburgh, for the first time since 1972, endorsed Donald Trump yesterday, which is very shocking to a lot of people. Uh, so my take is that I think Donald Trump's going to win Pennsylvania. And it definitely helps that he's in Scranton right now, Joe Biden's hometown, and um, you know that's going to get big play. That's a big uh, that's a big place to be. And if he wins Pennsylvania, I think this thing is over. Uh, bonus states that are part of this, um, you know, North Carolina is going to be a state that I think Republicans are expected to win, according to Predict It. Republicans are up fifty four to forty nine in North Carolina. That has switched in the last week or so. It was expected that uh, Democrats would be winning North Carolina, and the polls still show that, but public sentiment now has switched. And a really interesting one is Minnesota, because it is always a Democratic state, a blue state, but, and it, it is unpredicted as well. Um, right now, it's Democrats 77, Republicans 28. So... Um, but what's happening is Donald Trump is uh, campaigning in Minnesota. And so um, I'm trying to look just to see if he has any today. Trump is really just busting his ass out there. He has uh, five rallies today. And uh, I've already seen two of them. Two of them. At the time I'm, I'm uh, recording this, I'm uh, watching his Scranton speech right now. So I'm going to catch up a little bit on anything that he says there. I know he's been calling out Joe Biden there, but um, really it's just the fact that he's engaging with the people of Scranton that I think is most important. Um, but Minnesota's a state where Donald Trump has visited and has campaigned in in recent days. And it is um, shocking because, you know, a few days ago, I, I can't remember if I mentioned this on the, the podcast or not, but Donald Trump, the, the Trump campaign, pulled their ads from Florida. And a lot of Democrats saw that as a uh, sign of weakness. You know, the Trump campaign has run out of money. Now, you know, they're, they're giving up on Florida. And that would be true, except that Donald Trump then put that money into Minnesota, 
which was expected to be a very blue state. Now, Joe Biden has since uh, booked his own event in Minnesota, his own speech in Minnesota, uh, which also indicates that state is very much in play. This is not a guarantee at all in Minnesota, even though it hasn't been Republican uh, in decades. Um, other states that are important, um, Georgia, obviously, that was a state that started to seem like it was starting to turn a little bit blue a couple weeks ago. Republicans are now up again in Georgia, 61% to 43%. Um, Nevada, now Nevada, I think it, it, this will be interesting. It's a different phenomenon. It's the West Coast phenomenon. Um, it's a lot of Californians that are moving into Nevada um, most of the population of Nevada is in Las Vegas. It's something like 70% of the population of the whole state is in Las Vegas, which tends to be very liberal. However, those people have largely been out of work or having very limited work for six months now. So that could, could change quite a bit. Um, if it does, I expect the rest of the state, the other 30%, to vote uh, Republican pretty solidly. So you could see Nevada turn red again, even though they were blue last year. Uh, Ohio, of course, is currently, uh, and just to give you the numbers, Nevada is 76% Republican, se- sorry, 76% Democrat, according to predicted, 25% Republican. Uh, in Ohio, Republican advantage, 73 to 29. That's a state that people thought was going to go to Joe Biden. It's now very solidly looking like it's going to go to Donald Trump, according to the betting markets. And uh, Republicans are up five cents on predicted just today. So this is a big shift that's happening in real time. Um, New Hampshire is, I, I think, unlikely for Trump to win. But right now, New Hampshire is at 75 to 25 Democrat. So probably unlikely, but it is the live free or die state. So a lot of those libertarians, if they that voted in 2016, if they come out and support Donald Trump, uh, that evens that race pretty closely. So we'll see. But, you know, it is it is sandwiched between Vermont you know, Bernie Sanders, very liberal state, and Maine, which is, you know, mostly made up of, of uh, kind of Northwest elitists there, um, although Maine does have some Republican districts. Um, New York, uh, this has just kind of been in some conservative circles. I don't even really think this is worth mentioning, but some people in conservative circles have said that uh, they expect New York City to not be voting as much in this upcoming election. Um, fewer people in the state there. Of course, it's another one of those situations like Vegas where whatever New York City does is pretty much what happens to the entire state. Much of the rest of the state is Republican, but every, you know New York City controls all. So, um, But there is kind of a perfect storm in New York right now. Bill de Blasio, the governor, uh, sorry, the, the uh, uh, mayor of New York City is universally hated by Democrats and Republicans alike, and independents even more. And Andrew Cuomo has very mixed reviews as well. It's really only the people who hate Trump that kind of defend Andrew Cuomo out of 
a sense of obligation. It's not because he's he's good at anything. Now, is that enough? Yeah, that probably is enough. I don't think I don't see New York falling, you know, becoming Republican. Right now on Predict It, it is ninety-four percent to eight percent on uh Predict It. And so d- Democrats are gonna take New York almost for sure. Um obvi- you know, if New York didn't go blue, that would be a great problem to have for Republicans because that would indicate that Trump is going to have a absolutely historic. Um, I mean that that would be the whole story if Trump somehow flips, you know, his his old home state, which is just utterly in disarray. But I don't think it'll happen. There's too many people locked in right now. Um, so yeah, that's and you know California right now is is that's not going to go red. Um, that's ninety five percent to eight percent. So it's almost the same as New York, a little bit more likely for a Democrat to win. Um, some other states, in case you're, you're interested, I mean, New Mexico right now, Democrats are favored 89 to 12. Colorado, Democrats are favored 90 to 12. So I don't see either of those happening. Oregon, Democrats favored 92 to 8. So I don't see that happening. Maine right now. Um, now Maine is interesting because there's three electoral votes that are uh, that vote independently. So Republicans could steal one of those districts. Uh, Trump could win that and get one electoral vote out of it. Not that it's that important, but right now for the state, Democrats have the advantage, 89 to 13. Uh, and then Iowa. Iowa is this state that up until very recently was a toss-up. And what we see right now is that uh, Donald Trump has his highest odds uh, at least in the last three months in the state of Iowa, at 77 to 26. So I see Iowa going to Donald Trump. You know, and then we're getting to this point where if you look at, um, you know, the 538 uh, you know, Nate Silver runs 538, uh, the website. I think New York Times owns part of that now, too. But, you know, if you have Trump winning, they have this great interactive chart um, where you can kind of toggle on certain things and see who will win. Right now, they give Joe Biden a 89% chance of winning the election. But if you give Trump a couple key strategic places— Let's give Trump uh, something that, you know, that is very likely to happen here. Let's give him Ohio, which is right now leaning heavily, heavily, heavily uh, Republican. Um, and we'll give him Texas. We'll give him Florida. So I think those are all guarantees. In my mind, those are guarantees. And let's give him Georgia because he's favored in uh, Georgia still. Um, and then it really comes down. That changes the odds here. Joe Biden has a 51% chance to Donald Trump having a 47% chance. I don't understand why that doesn't add up to 100, uh, according to Nate, Nate Silver's data here, but whatever. So then let's say that Donald Trump takes Pennsylvania. If we give Trump Pennsylvania, so again, here are the states, the swing states that Trump ends up having. Texas, Florida, Georgia, Ohio, 
Those are all locks for Trump right now. If you give him Pennsylvania, his odds go from 47% to 91. It's all about Pennsylvania. Is Trump going to win Pennsylvania? That is why he's in Scranton right now. That's why he's campaigning there as hard as he can. That's why he's doing uh, on uh, two days ago, I think he did four Pennsylvania stops in a row. Uh, So this is uh, a huge state. And uh, if that happens, you know, we are going to see. And look, if he wins Wisconsin, too, let's even give Pennsylvania to the Democrats. If you flip Pennsylvania and that turns blue, but then Trump still wins in Wisconsin, Trump still has a 65% chance, basically a two-thirds chance of winning. So if he wins either Pennsylvania or Wisconsin, Trump wins. Trump wins this thing. So I think those are the states to look for. Um, Maybe Arizona is worth something. I mean, you can argue it's a little bit blue, but I think it's all about Pennsylvania and Wisconsin. Um, Florida, I think, is, is in the bag for Trump. Uh, 2018, you know, everyone thought Andrew Gillum was going to win the governorship there in a landslide. He was up, I think, uh, between 10 and 20 points. And uh, that's because the polling sucks in these places. People don't know how to poll. And I think polling may be dead after this election. Um, if Trump wins, for sure then polling means nothing. Uh, There's too many people that are not transparent about who they plan to vote for. So that's what this is about. Wisconsin, Ohio, Pennsylvania. Really just Wisconsin and Pennsylvania. And if Trump wins both of those states, this thing is all over. So there is an opportunity, if you're you're the gambling type, to check out predictit.org. I don't know, throw 50 bucks, 100 bucks in there. And, uh, you know, you can put uh, something in while the odds are still pretty good. Um, I do think Pennsylvania and Wisconsin are both going to go to Trump. Those are the, the, the states that I think he needs to win and that he will win. So, you know, you pop 25 bucks on both of those and you're going to double your money, more than double your money, um, and uh, make election night a little more fun. We are going to see meltdowns as this all happens. The um, Kamala Harris came out yesterday, put out, this is what they call an unforced error in baseball, and we'll finish with this, but she put out an animated video all about communism, <laughs> uh, all about equality versus equity, and it's narrated by her, and it's this little cartoon of a white person climbing a rock and a black person who has to start climbing the rock from way, way down lower on the ground. And, you know, the, the whole animation basically says, you know, the, the thing is, like, it, even if we have equality, then we both are climbing the rock, but, I, you know, the white person still gets to be higher up than the black person. And she says, what I'm about is equity, which means, you know, and then it shows the ground lifting up for the black person so they don't have to climb as far. And, and then showing them both at the top of this, the top of the rock, the top of the mountain there, both celebrating together and saying that uh, it's all about equality of outcome. You know what that is? Communism. That is communism. What you typically hear people say, and I don't even like this argument, equality of opportunity. 
you know, the outcome we can't guarantee, but we like to guarantee equality of opportunity. Now, the problem with that is it's impossible. You're, you're never going to eliminate the advantages that a multimillionaire's kid has over someone who's born in the hood, no matter what you know, benefits you provide them. And the reason is because parents aren't equal. Teachers aren't equal. Communities aren't equal. Um, priorities aren't equal, even among different pockets of, of uh, you know, e- among white people, they aren't, there, there are different priorities. Uh, if you look at divorce rates, if you look at, uh, uh, you know, single motherhood, um, these are all factors that vary drastically between different groups, even between white people. <laughs> so you are never going to have that equality of outcome, but you're also never going to have equality of opportunity. So when you hear a conservative or a Republican uh, make the case equality of opportunity, you can immediately dismiss that. That's not how anything in the world works. It's impossible to implement a system like that. Uh, It's impossible, and we wouldn't want to live in a world where we tried. But Kamala Harris on November 1st yesterday is putting out a video that uh, was ratioed um, a lot of people complaining about this, several articles even in the press talking about how this was being condemned as uh, communist propaganda, and it is. So that was a mistake by Kamala. Um, but yeah, I, ultimately I think the if you run all of the numbers through this election, um, do, does the, the, the big question really is, does the election matter? And I would caution everyone listening to this podcast, it doesn't really matter. Um, Sure, it's the person that's in control, but there's a lot of blowback that comes with this, no matter what. You know, if Donald Trump wins, even if he has great policies, all the people who hate him are going to hate, you know, come to hate those policies even more. So we'll see one half of the population that is going to be further poisoned, further uh, polarized to the extremes and a very likely chance of, you know, some type of a so real socialist figure, uh, happening in, uh, 2024. If Donald Trump wins, uh, I'm sorry, if Joe Biden wins, it's very likely that he starts pushing policies like trying to seize or, or, uh, or ban weapons Um, firearms, which is going to really piss off a lot of people in red states, um, will enact some new measures for social justice that penalize most of the country in favor of, uh, in particular, African Americans. Uh, Kamala Harris could very easily, I mean, is it likely she becomes president in the next four years? It's definitely possible. Um, I would put the odds at 50% 50% plus. Um, there, Joe Biden's not definitely not going to last eight years as president. Um, four years, well, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, we see him all talk there. I don't know if he's all there. So who's really going to be pulling the strings? And is it going to be a lot of these neocon conservatives, the Dick Cheney types, the never Trump types that have come in and basically said, we hate Trump because he is not going to war with people anymore? You know, are those going to be the people running things? Because then we're getting into war again. 
Then we're going back to the Middle East, sending troops over there, fighting bad. You know, there's going to be wars in Syria. There's going to be uh, Yemen. There's going to be um, activity there. And who knows where else? I could see us going to war with Iran. That's not a good thing to do. So that's probably on the table if Joe Biden wins. Um, it is going to be such a clusterfuck for the economy if Joe Biden wins that I can't see a crash not happening. And I think what we're voting on this election, yeah, everybody always talks about it's the most important election of our lifetimes, blah, 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 blah. Um, there's a strong case to make every year that that's said that that's not true. And there's a strong case this year as well. However, if you look at how polarized everyone is and how increasingly willing we are to denigrate the other side and cut off, sever all ties with people who don't share our political views, and we no longer want them anywhere in our circle, in our bubble at all, we block them, we ignore them, we unfriend them, and you end up with the realization that secession is inevitable. I mean, the only thing, what is the type of thing that could unite us at this point? A worldwide pandemic where everyone is under the same risk, under equal risk, and we have to band together regardless of political ideology? What could possibly happen? I don't know that a literal boots-on-the-ground war with China would unite us. I think it's very likely right now with Trump in power, you would have a lot of the left start to say, you know what? China is not so bad after all. Communist China is not so bad after all. We'll look the other way on that whole uh, imprisoning Muslims in concentration camps thing. The rape of their wives in order to integrate them with communist men. So I don't know what is going to unite us. I think what is inevitable is secession. I think as soon as everyone realizes that we can split, uh, that we get a lot nicer about it, because right now it's this idea of I'm going to vote for the guy who will impose his rules on everyone I don't like. Everyone has that mindset right now. And I think as things worsen in the relations between left and right in the United States, you're going to start to see a real push for people to split apart I think it's much more likely to happen if Donald Trump wins because the left needs that push a little bit more. The left always wants to keep the money of right-leaning taxpayers. Um, but the right is much more likely to say, all right, California, you go on and do your thing. Um, that's fine if you split off and you become independent and run things your way because we're not going to run things your way. And I think as soon as you have a peaceful divorce there, you can still do business, you can still trade, you can still have tourism, you can still have a lot of the same thing. You know, the way we might treat um, Canadian cities, uh, big, you know, Toronto. When people go to Toronto, which is very um, socialist by U.S. standards, you know, the whole country does have socialized health care um, for its few, few benefits and many detriments, including wait times that cause many people to die especially during COVID. But we do have peaceful relations with Canada. And we don't think of it as, you know, this, this hellhole part of our country. This Toronto is the embarrassment to our entire country, and we need to f go sweep up Toronto because it's such, such a shithole. That's the way people, you know, liberals think of Texas. 
and that's the way Texans think of California. So if you split those, and that becomes some essentially other country that has similar laws, similar rules, different cultures, different values, uh, still allows you to trade, still allows you to uh, visit tourism, then there's a real possibility that we can reevaluate and save what the United States is, and that being states that are united instead of being one big federal entity that is has top-down control, which is largely what we've been for a long time. Um, so, did you vote? I didn't vote. I don't plan on voting. Um, I actually do have a plan. I'll, I'll uh, report back on this. I filled out my ballot, but what I'm going to do is go out on November 4th with a ballot. I'm going to pop it in the mail on November 4th after the, um, after, you know, obviously November 3rd is, is election day. So November 4th will be no good. And I'm going to pop, I'm going to vote for Joe Biden on my ballot and pop it in mail November 4th and see if it gets counted because there will be a record of when that was received and whether or not it counted. And if it counts, I think that will show there is a concentrated effort to adjust the outcome that we see on November 3rd. So stay tuned. There's a lot more to come. Uh, This is just the beginning. Don't listen to anyone who says this ends tomorrow, November 3rd. There's a lot more ahead of us. Uh, But stay strong. Enjoy what I believe is going to be the liberal tears uh, on election night tomorrow night. Uh, I will be watching MSNBC and CNN and uh, uh, not so much Fox News except, you know, to get uh, maybe the latest breaking numbers. Um, But I'm really interested to see what all of these other cable channels, how they're going to handle this. Because we remember 2016 election night. Nobody saw this coming, and this is now a lot of the left is starting to say, oh my gosh, what happens if Trump wins? I could see how he might win, and we are going to see meltdowns if there's another four years of Donald Trump. I I just, I can't possibly see any way that this is, uh, is not going to end in riots and chaos on the street, so, um... Be sure you're protecting yourself. Um, You have the ability to protect yourself. And uh, we will see you after election night. Everyone, enjoy it. Um, We may not see another election like this ever again. So please enjoy the absurdity of it all. And we'll see you in the next episode.